This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Setting up the phone here. It's turning a little bit. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in uh, Yerushalayim, in uh, the Holy City. And uh, this class is brought to you on Zoom by H.com. And, uh, and it's being brought to you uh, also on Facebook. And uh, yeah, please God, let's, uh, let's use our time well. Um, anyone who comes on, uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, if you'd like to come on to my screen, I'd love to see you. I'll say that a few times probably. Um, so the, the spot to come on is um, H.com slash live. And, uh, and the rest of you, nice to see you on my screen. Thanks for coming. And, uh, and, and those like Zanvi and Lauren and iPhone Vonina, the other iPhone and Surlystein and Avram Carmel, if you guys would uh, join me on, on the screen, I'd really appreciate that. Just to see you guys there. Um, make a bracha on my tea. You know what? I don't have to make a bracha my tea. I already made before. Mm. So here's the deal. What we're going to do today is something very special. I never did this before. I'm doing everything I've never done before. And I think that's part of the coronavirus is doing stuff we've just never done before. Make sure it's halakhically permitted, by the way. So the um, so what we're going to do um, today, which is unique. Hey, Zambi, long time. So... Um, what we're going to do today is, uh, well, let me just tell you what's up. First of all, um, we did our first class today, um, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which I'm giving over every day at 8 a.m. New York time. It was amazing. <laughs> no offense to this class. This class has been great, but it really, really was great. And, uh, and we had such incredible discussions and, and a lot of growth to be had through this book, uh, A New Earth. It's a bestseller. And, um, one of the most uh, important books, I think, written in modern times. Um, so we're doing that work. Um, and then for possibly graduates, like a uh, few who are on the screen, we're going to be working every night this week, two hours a night from uh, New York time. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to noon. No, no, 3 o'clock to 5, 3 to 5 p.m. And we're going to be reviewing uh, our entire possibly seminar. So we're going to do we're going to take those 10 hours um, five days from 3 to 5 p.m. New York time, we're going to review the entire 25-hour uh, course. And we're going to do it all through the lens of the coronavirus, which is just, you know, there's just so much going on with that. Um, so this class today, we're going to do something unique. And and by the way, anyone can go on and become members of my club on uh, rabbiyomtov.com. Feel free to go on there and become a member. And um, and uh, and what else can I say? Um, yeah, I'm glad you're all with me. Let's let's work this out. So thanks for turning on cameras. Mazel tov on the baby. <laughs> oh, cute baby. <laughs> Look at that baby. So, and this is just so different than my essentials class, you know. I got babies in class nowadays. Um... So what we're going to do today is Nishmas Kolchai. Nishmas Kolchai is one of the most important prayers in the Jewish world. 
Now, what's interesting, if someone's been praying for many years, and you ask them, what are their two most favorite prayers in all of the prayer situation, in all the, sorry, in all the prayer books, the sitters, the machzors, like Jewish prayer, what's your favorite prayer? So you want to hear something amazing. Everyone generally has two favorites. If I ask people what their two favorites are, um, let's hear one of you guys. Uh, um, uh, laser. Laser, turn on your mic for a sec. Tell me, uh, what would be your, what two prayers most likely would get your heart moving? Cut me off guard. I don't know. You don't know? Zambi, you got your two. What are the two prayers? If you were going to. But I can't relate to Nishmas. If you were going to cry, which two prayers would make you cry? Nishmas, yes. Okay. Well, anyway, the two prayers that I probably spilled more tears than any other two prayers are um, Nishmas Kolchai and Ahava, Ahava Rabba that we say in the morning before we say Shema. Now, you want to hear something amazing? Both those prayers have the same author, and I never knew it. I always share, and, those, and that author that authored those two prayers, Nishmas and Avarabha, the morning prayer before, um, sh, you know, before, you know, you probably know the song from uh, Karlova. Okay, that's from there. And um, so, so that, those two prayers are written by the same author. Now, what I'm about to tell you about the authorship is a bit controversial. Not that controversial. It's just controversial for some people. Um, but, it, you know, it, but it is considered a bit of a controversy. Apparently, uh, I think it was Mishpacha magazine was courageous enough to share it as not controversial and just share it as fact, which was the first time I ever heard this story. And I was shocked, shocked when I heard it. So this story dates back 2000 years. And it was um, it was the time of the early Christians, and what was going on in Israel was uh, Israel was a bit of a disaster. I see one of these boxes, by the way, is called the Glazer family. I'm wondering who that is. <laughs> Which Glazer is that in the Glazer family? And if you could put put on your camera, I'd appreciate it to review, reveal the mystery of who the Glazer family is on Zoom. Anyway, uh, and Shimon, if you can put your phone on, thank you. So the so 2,000 years ago, the Jews had a major problem. And you know what that problem was? It was the early Christians. The early Christians were Jews that were, um, you know, they were like, you know, there were a lot of breakaway groups. You know, like, the, for example, the Sadducees. You ever heard of the Sadducees? Yeah, the Sadukim. You know why they're called Sadducees, David Hirsch? Because it's very sad, you see. Now, the... Um, there were a lot of breakaway groups throughout. There were the Essenes, you know, those are the ones down by the Dead Sea where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. So the early Christians were just another one of those groups, except they got a lot more foot footing with a destroyed temple. Because if you're if you have a temple and like there's like the regular Jewish people at, in Jerusalem, so you, your breakaway group's gonna literally break away. But when you got a destroyed temple and now you're a breakaway group, you're like the next you're the next hot thing. You know, you're like the new chosen people or something. And which is exactly what the Christians felt they were, and that's what the Muslims felt they were after the Christians. So, anyway, the early Christians were very difficult, and the reason they were so difficult was because it was a time of Roman rule. And during Roman rule, the, the um, you know, we were dealing with serious persecution, and that was, a, that was the early Christians' trick up their sleeve, was constantly turning in the Jews to the Romans. 
and it was majorly problematic. And again, these early Christians were Jews, so they were like, they knew how we think, and they know everything we do, and they know exactly what's going to upset the Romans, and they kept getting us in trouble with the Romans. So whatever, is a big issue. And the Jews didn't know what to do. And so what happened was there was a particular fisherman who was one of the great sages who lived in Jaffa. And he got together all the sages and made a meeting with them and said to them in the meeting that um, I've got an idea how to solve this whole issue. By the way, are the, is the ambient noise bothering you guys? Because right on the other side, of, I switched rooms for the live feed. Um, right on the other side of this wall is my dining room. And is the ambient noise bothering you or not? It, no, it's fine. Okay. Okay, good. Excellent. So perfect. So we got a good mic on this thing. Um, and the Facebook people, you can, uh, if you know me well enough to send me a message, send me a message if the ambient noise was bad. Um, I do have a lapel mic, but I just haven't had time to figure out how it works. Um, now, um, um, guys, a little quiet in there if you're going to schmooze. It's better in the, another room, meaning uh, the couch or whatever, so or the kitchen. You can speak quietly. So, anyway, the um, so he, he gets the sages together and he says like this. He says, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go to the Kohanim in the temple and get the names of God that give you the ability to manipulate matter. Now, even though there's a giant sin, it's an emergency and we've got, I've got an idea. And what I'm basically going to do is I'm going to get the, the, I'm going to get the early Christians to believe that I am like the new chosen one or whatever. I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, and I'm going to perform little acts of wonders, get them all behind me, get them all rallied. And right when they're all rallied, I am going to tell them that God has told me that we must move to Rome. And Rome is their friends. Remember the Romans. So... So that's so the this the sages of course were very nervous about this because those names are not allowed to leave the temple, and um, and they knew there would be grave you know there's going to be it, it's it's dangerous very dangerous spiritually dangerous Asher if you can turn on your phone I'd appreciate it your camera <laughs> anyway it's very dangerous and um, and lo and behold they um, hi Asher lo and behold they. Uh, they, they agreed, but the sage, the fisherman who said he's going to do this, the, the rabbi who, in, in the, who, whose idea this was, said that we're all going to share the punishment. That way I'm not, like, completely destroyed. So we're all going to share the punishment for using the names outside the temple. And so they agreed, and they gave word to the Kohanim that there's permission, and he went and got the names, he performed his miracles, he got to the leadership, he became the leader... And he told them that God said we're moving to Rome, and ever since then they went to like they went to Rome. And he lived the rest of his life in exile. He had a very very difficult life from then on. He was a hidden Jew. He's considered by the Catholics the first pope. Every pope ever since then has worn a ring with a fisherman on it, and uh, and I and I think that has to do with the fish, you know, like like people into. JC will have like fish on their bumper stickers and stuff. I'm not sure if that's connected to that. I, don't, I know nothing about Christianity. But that is the story. I only heard it the first time in Mishpacha magazine. I was like, what? 
And then uh, after reading the article, I Googled it and found out that it is the case. But um, but there are a lot of people who are indignant. How can we possibly have a prayer? In our, I, the truth is, I don't know what their side is, but they said that's a lie, it's bad, and anyone who says such things, uh, no good, Nick. But that apparently is what the story is. And what happened? While he was in exile in Rome, in his terrible pain, in his in his heart wrenching pain of personal of self imposed exile, he he sent. It's amazing. I just heard my uh, my email go shooting an email. I wonder if that's the one I was sending to David Hirsch. But the um, anyway, you, did you just get an email? That's funny. It sent like 25 minutes later. But did you hear me? I was saying the word sent and there was a sound of a like a sh- airplane shooting off. Yeah. So anyway, that was today's class. Eckhart Tolle class. What an amazing class. I'm teaching everybody a new earth every day. You can if you would like to be part of that. So just go to my website to the uh, special services on rabbiyomtov.com. It was an awesome first class. Please got it. Keep going. Um, anyway, he sent two prayers to Jerusalem. He sent two prayers to Israel. What two prayers did he send? Nishmas Kolchai and Avarava. Those are the two prayers from his from his self-imposed exile and his taking a hit for the whole Jewish people and to spend the rest of his life charading around like a. You know, making a charade like he's some leader of Christianity. And meanwhile, sent these two amazing prayers, which were put in like the most important part of the prayer. Nishmas is said right before Yishtabach and Shabbos and Yontif. It's also said Pesach night, so it's apropos we're doing this. And uh, and then Avarava said right before we say Shema, which is the climax of prayer. You know, during the, um, you know, every morning we say it. It's a long prayer. Nishmas is long as well. So let's begin. So you just finished singing the Song of the Sea. And you finish with, V'haya Hashem l'melech ha'kol ha'aretz b'yom ha'hu Hashem echad echad. And then starts Nishmas. Now, I just want to set the stage of what Nishmas is like for me when we used to have synagogue in, in the Jewish people. So... What had happened by the time you got to Nishmas, let me explain. I'm part of a prayer book that prayer prayer group called Carlene, and Carlene does ecstatic prayer. And there's three major Carlene shuls in Jerusalem, and they're all over the country, but in Jerusalem there's three main ones. There's three main groups. There's Carlene um, uh, Stolen, there's Pince Carlene, that's the one I'm connected to, and then there's Kahal Chassidi Yerushalayim. And the, um, the Pins Karlin and Kalach City Yerushalayim kept the original pace. So what does that mean? That means to go from the beginning of services, La'olam, La'olam, Ye'adam, till we get to Baruch on Shabbos through Nishmas is an hour and a half. Okay? It, depending. I mean, if there's a smaller group in Shul, it's an hour and 15 minutes. But if it's packed, it's an hour and a half. We do every single paragraph together. The leader does not go on to the next paragraph, and I mean even small paragraphs. The leader does not go on to the next paragraph until the last guy in synagogue has stopped screaming. We scream the prayers at the top of our lungs, which means giant inhale. You're looking at the words. 
I'm about to scream this. Do I believe this? Is this real? Like, how can you scream anything you don't care about? Right? You can't scream it if you don't care. And you just had a chance to review it because you're inhaling, as opposed to most people who, in, who inhale their prayers. Like, okay. So, you know, meaning you get in and out of prayer in half the time and nobody gets hurt. By the way, someone was telling me, a rabbi uh, in Toronto named uh, David Saba, a Moroccan rabbi in Toronto, he said that as much as there's so much to learn from the coronavirus about our lives in the big picture, so the small picture is get your davening together. <laughs> get, your, get all that stuff that you, maybe you do because the community does it that way. But meanwhile, it's lost all you know, meaning to you. So you got time now. Like, Get it together. Slow it down. You know, I mean, I've I had my t- I've had my tefillin on many of these days, probably twice as long as usual. You know, in in just my home, why take it off? Even today, I like put on my Rebbeinu Toms and <laughs> put on my Rebbeinu Tom to fill in, and then I and I call my brother in LA and just schmooze with him in my talis and tefillin. Um, there's there's an Indian to say uh, to speak, what's called sichat chol, uh, just. Uh oh, ambulance just pulled up. Guys, ambulance pulled up. Sichat um, Chol means uh, like mundane speech while wearing Rabbeinu Tum Tefillin, which is very interesting because Rashi, you're not to speak any, uh, you're, it's better you don't speak at all in Rashi. And there's, but there's one, uh, one uh, Kabbalistic, uh, you know, leader that says that, uh, someone showed it to me in a safer, a very old safer that, you should speak mundane speech in your to raise it up. Um, so my heart sank a little having a siren outside the house. We're we're a very very close knit community. Um, thank God a close knit community that has none of this virus. So everyone's still treating it as if there's no virus. I mean we're all keeping our distance, but. There's still minions and everything outside. Now that did you guys see the news in in the world that they're saying now it's like 25, 25 feet is uh, the distance of a sneeze, the droplets that could be in the air. Have you guys heard this? It's like crazy. You know that's real. Maybe that's their way of saying stay at home, man. Can you imagine telling someone twenty five feet away? Uh, can you hold still, please? Because I I gotta I gotta walk down the street. So I actually didn't get, I was, uh, we finally, I, I went out today, by the way, this, uh, the first day I ventured out into the world and, um, uh, we had, we needed supplies and, and, uh, we're just out of supplies. We got to go get supplies. And while we're out there, you know, let's get our Pesach stuff. So, so we went in the store, we got there before it opened and, um, there we are in masks and gloves and, we were almost the only people in masks and gloves there. I mean, people were wearing gloves, many, but people weren't wearing masks. And I'm only wearing a mask because I don't want to give anything to anybody. I know masks won't help me if someone else has some. And here I am, like, with all these people who didn't have their mask cover. And then this very important-looking rabbi got it, was standing behind me to get in the elevator, going back down to my car. And he, uh, he kind of cut ahead because I got this big, you know, cart, two carts. And um, 
he cut ahead and um, he's standing in the elevator waiting for me to get in. I'm like, I'm not getting in. He's like, what's the matter? I'm like, you're not wearing a mask. And he's like, your luck. Press the button. And as the elevator door closes, I said to him, I'm only wearing my mask to protect you. You know, we're doing this for other people, not for ourselves. And um, anyway, people don't understand these mask things, but they, but you're really protecting others. And uh, and not only that, I see people like walking around outdoors where they got like room and space and air, and they're wearing masks. I'm like, idiot! Like this is your chance to breathe. Like take the air. Like you got outside. Like breathe air. Like don't wear that sweaty thing. You know, it, I saw a guy driving his car wearing his mask. What is going on with this guy? So anyway, but masks protect you from, from, protect others from you. Okay, here we go. So let's begin Nishmas. Thanks, you guys, for having your phones on. Josh, good to see you. Yosef, always a pleasure. Okay, everyone else, shalom. Okay, here we go. Nishmas kol chai. The souls of all living. Now, is that talking about human beings? The souls of all living? Is that talking about humans? Don't know. It's just saying the souls of all living. Nishmash kol chai. Everything living. Anything that's living seems to have some kind of soul. Now, by the way, this is all redemption stuff because it's coming right after the Song of the Sea, like being redeemed. Yeah, so this is all... And this is going to be future tense. Like, this is all about the Redeemer. And by the way, we're, we're talking right now... This is a period of time where Rome, we're, we're in the Roman exile right now. We're, this class is going on right now that I'm teaching Nishmas, is going on with the Roman Empire falling in weeks. In weeks. Meaning, meaning, one week, two weeks ago, after the first week, the whole place shut down. Like, the giant massive system of Rome just crashed. And it's still crashed. And the president of the United States of Ace of today is is like even thinking, whoa, maybe we should backtrack. You know, this is like this is like this this whole uh, shutdown is too much for us. The president of Brazil just decided to forget the shutdown. Like we're you just let everyone get it. You know, we're not shutting down our economy. You know, not over this. Mexico did the same thing, although today they changed their mind. president of Mexico said we're going to ignore it. Um, but today they said they're going to shut it down for a month. And now, you know, Trump's like, what am I doing? You know, I'm the head of like, I'm the, I'm the leader of the, of the Roman empire now. And I'm going to have industry stop. We're going to stop industry for, for human lives. Anyway, Rome just falls apart. So Nishmas Kolchai in the future, all the souls what about all the souls? What about the souls of all living? And the answer is, Tivorech. And now, which is interesting that Tivorech, it's, uh, it went singular, which means that when it comes to a, being Mevarech Hashem, that's between you and God. When you're given a block, when you're being Mevarech Hashem, and I'm not going to go into what it means to be Mevarech Hashem right now, but when you're blessing Hashem, we'll just say blessing for now. The, those who are in my classes a lot know the word Baruch means a lot more than blessing. But the souls of all living. And then Tivarech, you will bless. Or it will bless. Or he will bless. Or she will bless. The soul is fe feminine, by the way. It should be, if it was he will bless, it would be Yivarech. Here it's Tivarech. 
which is she will bless. What's the she? Neshama. Neshama is feminine. The soul of all living will bless. Wait a second. So now you're saying, I would have thought the soul of all living is plural. No, the soul of all livings singular. Because what is the soul of all living? What's keeping your soul going right now? What's push? What's what's enlightening? Meaning, what's energizing your body right now? If not the soul? Well, what's that soul? But it's so unique to you. The person you're looking at, which might be me, if you're on this screen, is the same. Got the same thing you got going. We all got the same thing going. We're all meaning. If right now we were in a room with twelve windows. At high noon, no one would say there's 12 suns. Everyone would say there's one sun. It's coming through each window. So the soul of all living will bless. It will bless. The soul of all living will bless. Meaning, meaning God is the soul of all living. God is the soul of living. He's just lending his... The, the, the um, consciousness you possess right now, meaning the fact that you're aware right now of your awareness... The fact that you're aware of you thinking right now, that awareness is the soul of all living. And it's inside everything. And God is God is the life force, the life force of all living. Nishmas kol chai tivor, the soul of all living, will bless. <laughs> that sounds like God's blessing himself. Based on what I just said, he's going to be blessing himself. And the answer is, yeah, in a way. Meaning, meaning, imagine before there was anything, there was just consciousness. Okay, does that mean anything to be oneness and pure consciousness? Does that mean anything? It, mean, it really doesn't mean anything. But when you create other and, and then imbue into the other consciousness, and then that other uses its free will to the point where it gets enough clarity to know that it's not its own entity, it's being... Sustained by you, it's being vivified, given life by you, God. So then, so then, you being God suddenly gets meaningful because it came through the choice of human beings who could otherwise be totally distracted in this physical world with their sports and with their money and with their work and with their egos. And you realize God's brought the whole world to their knees. While I'm teaching this class, we've all been brought down. God brought Rome down like, like boom, like, like none of us could have guessed. None of us. If, we, if, you were, if you just had your most creative moment a month ago and someone asked you to guess where we'd be sitting right now. <laughs> I'm not happy about it, believe me. I'm stuck here. You know, I'm like... Trap my my fish. I think are starting to talk about me. Meaning, I'm in the aquarium. <laughs> like, hey, look at that guy. That's an interesting one, you know. And uh, and not to mention, like anything I was planning on doing to pay for Pesach, bye. That's gone. And the morning I wake up, knowing that that the work I had scheduled to pay for Pesach, I get a, fo- I get a phone call from Asia Torres saying, uh, we're all on unpaid leave. Uh, uh, what do you, how do you say? Indefinitely. <laughs> Indefinitely. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and don't leave your house. Well, yeah. Well, that's interesting. 
And and the whole thing just crumbles. I mean, we have no idea. Even if everything went right today, the the reverberations, the financial reverberations, the the world of the builders. They're called Rome is the builders, right? Evan Mosuaboinim. They're builders. They just build, man. That's all they care about is building, and they just expand. Vayachti office, yeah. They just expand and expand and expand, and that's Rome. It's just to expand. I was, I was in, I was in, I, I was surfing in Indonesia in a jungle where people, people didn't even wear clothing besides like loincloths, and, and here I am like in my in the jungle. I, I stumble upon in the middle of a rainforest. I stumble upon a little village of people, and they're all gathered around a tree, and I'm like. What is this, like an idol worship? They're worshiping a tree. I had to get a close look at the people worshiping the tree. And the little kids were in front and the elders and everyone. They're all giggling. And I was like, what is going on in this tree? So I, I, I get down to the people. I was kind of up on a higher area. And I came down to the people to see what was going on. You know what was going on down there? They were all sitting in front of a flat screen television that had been put on a tree. Someone had like zip tied a flat screen onto a tree a palm, you know, a palm, as in a rainforest, in a jungle. And I'm like, where are they getting a signal? I look up, well, the top of the tree, satellite dish. Meaning, Rome not just expands physically, it expands, I mean, since Hollywood, since media, they've just, they just expand just via, via waves, you know, in, into our into our hearts and minds and our culture and and they're big and they're powerful and they're massive and they're they were they are seemingly unstoppable. In fact, they destroyed our people. They put us through the worst Holocaust, a worse Holocaust than Hitler. You know, we're all saying never again and Hitler and Holocaust and all that. We've been there. Our people have gone through three major Holocausts, two of which were heavier than than Germany. Two are heavier, with a heavier loss of life as well, in percentage of Jews living. Nebuchadnezzar was the first Hitler. And the Romans were the second. Ending with Titus. And got, by the way, how was the Roman Empire? How did he die? The, the power man, Titus. Titus, yeah. Had, how did Titus die? God had a gnat, like a little mosquito. A gnat's like a mini mosquito. He had a gnat go, I think, in his ear or something. Or in his nose. I don't remember where it went. Crawled its way into his brain and just like flew around and made him crazy until he, until he just died. Meaning a little tiny thing takes down a massive empire. Which empire? Rome. This is being written, this book was, this prayer was written in Rome. The soul of all living will bless your name. What name? Hashem, that which surrounds space and time. Elokeinu, that which fills space and time. Okay, Hashem, Hayahoviyah, Elokim Shalano. Elokeinu is Elokim Shalano, Elokim plural. What fills in the world of plurality, physical multiplicity. Veruah kolbasar and the spirit 
that was Neshama, now we're on Ruach. Okay, so we're going to have Soul, we're going to have Ruach, which I'm not going to go into a whole Neshama, Ruach, but we're also going to have Nefesh coming. Okay? The Ruach called Basar and the spirit of all flesh, Tifa'er, Usareimeim, will glorify and raise up Zichrecha. Your memory is what art school would put. It does not mean your memory. The word Zecher doesn't mean memory. It doesn't mean commemoration. Like Zecher Yitzias Mitzrayim. In memory, commemorating the leaving of Egypt. No. The word Zecher, you have to go deeper with the word Zecher. Zecher is Lashen Zachar. Zachar is the masculine. And the masculine means the flow. All masculine, all mysticism. Masculine represents flow. And feminine represents uh, the receptacle, the receiver of the flow. So, like, for example, my cup is feminine and my tea is masculine. Is that clear? So, so there's flow and there's receiver flow. Flow is always masculine, which is really interesting because, because the things we call feminine, like, for example, uh, my wife, you know, taking care of us, nursing children, you know, giving, feeding me. That's all she's causing and I'm receiving. The baby's receiving. It's all masculine. You know, it's very interesting how we're both genders, like completely both genders. Certainly us men going out and making our mark on the world and all that, that's very masculine. But then we come home and just put on our feminine hats and receive and want to receive. You know, you guys smoking a doobie over there? <laughs> you guys are so funny. We got these guys are passing around a joint in our in our uh, in our uh, um, Zoom Zoom. Uh, cigarette. Oh, it's a cigarette. Cigarette. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I, it was going to be the first class I taught where someone was smoking cannabis, but I see it's a cigarette. How can you smoke a cigarette during a, a a plague that attacks the lungs? What are you high? So, anyway. The, um, I guess I thought it was a joint because they haven't stopped giggling since this class started. So, anyway, and, and who's this dude, Josh? Oh, my, that's my friend Josh with the hard hat. Where the hell are you, man? What's with the hard hat? I've never had a guy in my class with a hard hat on. You, you can turn off your mic if you want and tell us, turn on your mic and tell us where you are. Uh, I'm a essential, essential worker. I'm a telecommunications keeping the network running so everybody can use the internet. Thank you. Keep up the good work, Josh. Cool. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so um, that's cool. It's called an essential worker. Is that what you called it? I like that. I'm an essential worker. And then this course is called Essentials, by the way. My age course is called Essentials. So I guess I'm an essential worker, too. I'm an essential worker. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing to be an essential worker? <laughs> so... Anyway, zechracha, zech, the word zayn chaf resh is the masculine. And it means to cause. To like, like for example, what Josh is doing right now is totally on the, on the masculine right now. And all of you listening to me are all in the feminine. No offense, you bearded men. And, uh, but you're all in the feminine. And me giving the class, so I'm giving, I'm causing. That's causing. And by the way, everything's happening like that. That's all there is. Like, there's nothing else in creation like that, except for that. Like every button on this laptop I'm staring at, 
is masculine and every hole where the button goes into is feminine. Like the whole entire world is that way. The buttons on my sweater, the door, the hinges, the doorknob. There's nothing you can look at that's not masculine or feminine in the entire creation, including fish, including plants, including humans. And humans are only the ones crazy enough to start forgetting which gender, meaning what actual gender they are. <laughs> but it would make a little sense that we would forget because let's say you're just really good at, at giving, so then you'd probably have a lot of masculine. And if you're really good at receiving, you'd probably have a lot of feminine. So I guess you could get confused, perhaps. I don't know. Okay, now. The Ruach Kobasar and the flesh, the flesh, the spirit of all flesh. Now, the spirit of all flesh is going to be doing stuff. Now, what's it going to be doing? It's going to be tifar, which means it's going to glorify usaroimim and raise up zichracha. Your masculinity, malkenu tamid, the masculinity of our king forever. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what does it mean to, to glorify and raise up the masculinity of our king forever? And the answer is, is that Melech, the word king, God wears a lot of hats, but the, the hat king is the causer. It's his realm. You know, we are we are the subjects in the realm of the king. And he is the causative, and we are all in the feminine. We're all in the receiver of that. And what happens is when the ego of man, when the ego of Rome raises up its ego strong, so then so then God automatically gets put on the back burner. God automatically is basically loses his crown. Think about it. God, you know, God has a will. You know, people who are not into Torah, they at least know like deep down there's, you know, they got their own moral red lines. Everyone has moral red lines. So God has his will. You have your moral red lines. Now, hopefully you can put that together that your moral red lines are are, are not you know, they, they have nothing to do with evolution. They are purely God-given that you even have red lines. But we're not going to do that. That's an amazing discussion. That's like the arguments I do with, uh, you know, debates I do with atheists. But we are believing of, we are believers of Torah. We're into Torah. And Torah has much more than inner red lines. It's got like, you know, there's 55,000 laws and a good 40,000 of them are what not to do. And when you want to do one of those things, what you're ultimately doing is taking God's crown, his corona, off his head, and you're putting the crown on your head. You're taking the crown off God's head, and you're just putting it on your head, because I want to do this. I want to do this. God, forgive me. I'm doing this. Yeah? And that's crowning yourself over God. Meaning that's crowning yourself and taking away God's crown. And that's why Rosh Hashanah, we crown the king. What does it mean we crown the king? Hey, how you doing, Bornstein? So what does it mean we crown the king? We What's Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is I review my ear and I'm thinking, all I'll like, where have I been? In other words, where did I take God's crown off his head and put it on my own? Okay. And, they, and, so, and so what we're saying is we're going to glorify and raise back up the cr- crown of the causer of reality. And take, meaning, in other words, take our crown off and let God be the king. Let God be king. We're going to raise up his causative, his zichracha. Raise up his, his, his masculinity, which again is the causative. 
And and therefore, we understand now why it's called the Ruach Kolbasar. Why? Because think about it. When you want to do the wrong thing, what is that? What is that? And the answer is it's your Yetzer. And the Yetzer, our rabbis teach us, is the Ruach. Okay, you have a Yetzer towards the Nefesh and you get it towards the Yunushuma. Hey, Shalom Aleichem Solomons. So you have a Yetzer towards the, the, um, towards the body and you have a Yetzer towards the soul. And that's your ruach. Your ruach means the wind. It's the wind. It's your spirit. Your the animal inside. Hey, it's really. It's the animal inside of you. That you that I'm going to ra- glorify and raise them instead of glorifying my own whim and what I want to do, or or the or the powers of the money world that's been ripped to shreds in the last weeks. Where Rome's just Rome's had its, you know what's chopped off, yeah. Where its zichricha, its its zachar has been castrated by a microscopic gnat, just like Titus. Tomit always meaning without even hesachadas, without even like, without even like, how do you say hesachadas? It's uh, Distraction, without distraction. I'm going to do this without distraction. Now, we're definitely talking Mashiach. If you would do this without distraction, you're in your Mosul Mashiach, okay? Or you've learned to meditate for long periods of time. But otherwise, we're talking clearly. This is a Mashiach prayer. Being spoken from exile in the Roman Empire by one of the great sages who was in a self-imposed exile there. And so this is Mashiach times now. Min ha'olam v'ad ha'olam atokel. Min ha'olam, before there was something, there was absolutely nothing. Ad ha'olam, meaning at the end, when there will no longer be an oilam. Atokel, you are God. Meaning, meaning God precedes and antecedes physicality. This whole place is just a projection. You're living inside a holographic illusion. Yeah, it looks really nice in the, the, the Freedom Tower and the Empire State Building and, and all that power and everything looks great. But, but really, all of this is an illusion. If I can show you that visually, it'd be like, like all there was was nothing. And then God projects the physical world. And then it just, but it just goes right back to nothing. And because all there really is, is God. And he creates inside here the illusion of the physical world. Hey, Yoeli. He creates the illusion of the physical world in the middle. So, min ha'olam, ve'ad ha'olam. And this whole thing in the middle, which is the illusion of the physical world, Atakel, you're you're God. You're God before, you're God after, and nothing going on in the middle makes one iota of an impact to what you are ultimately. Because we're all ultimately we're all a figment of God's imagination. Okay, we're all a figment of God. We have free will. We have a chance to love and to give and to care and to live the beauty of this life, but we are an illusion inside the mind of God. Because think about it, God didn't go to Home Depot to create this place. He created it out of himself. But himself was absolutely nothing, because before there was something, there was nothing. And for those who have never heard my five-second proof of God, I'll just give it to you anyway. 
five second proof of God is before there was something there was nothing and since nothing makes nothing and now that there's something it must be that nothing was God okay I'll do that one more time before there was something there was nothing and since nothing makes me okay I'll do it one more time before there was something there was nothing and since nothing makes nothing and now that there's something it must be that nothing was God so all there was was God and what do we know about God well if there's absolutely nothing that means it's absolutely one nothing because you can't have two nothings so it's one that's why we cover our eyes when we say Shema. Because if you just close your eyes, you still see light. You cover them, you see oneness. And it didn't go to Home Depot to create this place. By the way, is Home Depot closed too? Did they close that? No, they probably, that's essential stuff, no? Home Depot. Anyway. Before there was, oh, God didn't go to Home Depot to create the world. He created the world out of himself. That's all there was. And so, Min Haolam, and then he create he projects the world from his Chokmubin and Das, which we're all inside that. It's not like you ever left God's mind. It's not like God created the world outside of himself when he projected it. This is all going on within God. Nothing happens outside of God. Everything's happening within God. You know, it's it's funny, sometimes I get these people, you know, coming to Jerusalem, they're like wondering whether they want to be observant or not. In other words, do they want to be part of the Torah community or not? And I'm like, you're already in it, man. Like, they, like you can choose to be in it and aligned with it, or you can be in it and you can be in it and out of it. But you're always in it. You've always been in it. There's nothing. You've never had a non-spiritual moment in your life. Because everything is of it. Because... If God, if God decided to just give up on creation and just go parasailing one day in a lot instead of creating the world, everything would disappear. If God stopped saying, let there be animals upon the earth, my wool sweater would be gone in that very moment. He is mechadish betuv b'choyim tomi ma'asevereshis. He is renewing perpetually at all times the ma'asevereshis. What's the ma'asevereshis? The act of creation. What's the act of creation? The utterances that he's creating the world with. But the world never leaves his mind. And that's why a microscopic virus is not random and it's not outside of outside of like God's control. You know how many viruses he's probably protecting us from all the time? I mean, if there could be this one, there could be other ones. There could be worse ones. There could be more complicated ones. There could be more uh, 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 deadly ones hitting broader spectrums of society. How many is he keeping away from us? How many are there out there? I know there's there's major government bodies, scientists who are whose job is to discover them before it's too late. They didn't do so well in this one. But. So he's running the show, and for whatever reason, he's this was time. It was time. It was time. Like, like I don't know how much slack he gave Rome, but you know. Before, since before creation till the end of creation, after creation, which again, there's no time based on what I just said. But you are God. Umi baladecha. A little quieter, please, over there. Kitzat Yotev Shekin, Avrami. My son in law is in the other room talking. 
be a little more sensitive with my son-in-law. So, the umibaldecha ain lanu melech goyel umoshiach. And other than you, God, ready for this? Ain lanu. Guys, get this straight here, because every time you check the news and wait to hear for a vaccine, or you wait to hear for this, you wait to hear for that. Like, something save us here. Umibaldecha. Um, and other than you, Ain, there is not. Lanu, we have not any other Melech, any other king, Goel, Redeemer, Umoshia, or Savior. Nothing else. Nothing else can save us. Nothing's going to save us here except for God. And that was the case before the virus. Certainly now. Nothing's going to save us besides God. And everything we think that's going to save us, not going to save us. Just God. And uh, it's going around viral. You can send me a WhatsApp if you want to see it. I could send it to you. But uh, check out how the Senate was opened. Uh, when the Senate, they're, you know, they're discussing whether they're going to let this $2 trillion package go through for U.S. citizens. You got to see just the most biggest kiddish gem I've seen in U.S. government. But... Uh, the, 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 whoever's got the, you know, introdu- whoever opens the meeting, he, uh, started it with, uh, S.I.N.I. And he said, like, like, he said, like, S.I.N.I. al-Harim, I, I set my eyes on the mountains. What are the mountains? He's, he brings on the mountains are Jerusalem. That, uh, that's where the seat of government was in Israel, both government and the temple. I'm sure he was hinting to, Whatever the right hand, right wing Christians are, that church and state should be together, because in Judaism, sergeant at arms. What? What's that? He's the sergeant at arms, and the new two trillion dollar package just gave like a million dollars to make sure that that position is made sacred. You talking about the African American guy? No, he also quoted a psalm. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, wait, sorry. So listen. So the the seat of government is Jerusalem. And when the Jews would come, it's Shir Hamalas, it's it's a song of ascents. We're coming up to Jerusalem. To where? To where government and the temple and like, I raise my eyes up to the mountain where government is. But may I, he says, but God's my helper. Where's my help from? It's from God. And then goes on, he, he quotes the entire song. And he says, like, whatever's going to happen in this room, whatever's going to happen with the the hill, Capitol Hill, the mountain. He says, it's, he says, God never slumbers nor sleeps. And, uh, and you see, like, Rome's, like, turning back on itself now and starting to realize what's going on here. By the way, this could all be wishful thinking. You can, <laughs> my whole class, every time I mention, like, the fall of Rome, you know. Yeah, I sound like a, some vengeful Jew living in Jerusalem who's like lost all perspective of, uh, you know, but um, I think I think this perspective, though, is is it's good to stay in the perspective that we're still in the Roman exile and uh, and that Rome's going to have to fall. I don't think it's uh, any other way of looking at it. I really don't. And in uh, Jerusalem, anyway, one of the words for Jerusalem, there's a lot of different plays on the word Yerushalayim. One of them is Yerushalayim, is to see, to see Yireh, like Yireh, to see, even though it doesn't have an olive. Yireh, Shalem, 
which means complete, which means total perspective. Okay, we we do not live with ace of power and stuff like that. You know, Trump's just for us, just kind of a funny guy. Okay, he's he's cute. You know, we love the entertainment. Now, um, next, so. So, before the world, after the world, you're God, and there's no one else that's going to save us. Poide umatsil. Poide means he will redeem us, which means like when you've been enslaved, like you need a redeemer, someone's got to pay off your, ma- your, your master. Yeah? So, and by the way, you know who's the most enslaved person? You think someone in, really enslaved is like, you know, the chains and they got ripped out of their homes and everything. And they're now, you know, like, got a taskmaster and stuff. They're enslaved. That's the most enslaved person. You want to know who's the most enslaved person? The person who's born transgenerationally years later and has no idea he's enslaved. That person's enslaved. Because the person who was ripped out of his home still has memories of the way the world should be. He still has dreams and he has, he has a vision of freedom. Someone who's born into slavery. They think they're free. They lose the vision, they lose the dream, and they lose the motivation to go into a new realm of reality. Poide is the redeemer. Umatsil, he's he's the one who saves you, and that's more physical, like a matsil is even the name for a lifeguard. He's the one who pulls you out of the water. He sends you the 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 lifeline, you know, with the circle, the lifesaver, sends you a lifeline. My brother has a song called Throwing Me a Lifeline. And the picture, each song each song on the album cover, on the jacket, has a painting by my mother. And the lifeline one shows a life, you know, a circle like a lifesaver from a pool. But it's got wrapped around it to fill in with a box on the top. That's the painting she did for that one. Oh, throwing me a lifeline. So, poide, umatsil, saves, but saves different than, uh, like, the savior of the world, Moshiach. This is matsil, I meaning he pulls you out of trouble. Umefarnes, he's where you get your parnasa. Yeah? Right, David? He's the source of your well, your wellness, your financials. Got that, guys? Asher, Yoeli, Joyce. He's the source of your finances. Sarah and Sarah. I got two Sarahs here, but I think they're the same person. One's still and one's moving. Okay. He's the source. Yeah. He's the Mafarnes. He causes our Parnassa to happen. And right now, everyone's Parnassa, including my own, has been like ripped to shreds. Like. And. And it's like. Yeah, he's the Mafarnes. God's God's the one who who gives us our Parnassa, and nobody else, nobody else, not the system, not not nothing else. It all comes from God, Parnassa. Ve'oine, and he answers. Uh, did someone spray a chemical around here? We're staining wood. That's really good for cleaning for Pesach, stain wood. I think that was on the list of chametz. <laughs> Staining wood. What, what are you stating? Uh, furniture. Oh, my gosh. Are all the windows open? No, Russell. 
Please open all the windows. Um, and he he answers. Now, I imagine most of you haven't heard God speak to you answering, but but he answers. Maybe we should stain it outside. He answers. Um, every day he answers in the way things are going. Like we're all getting answered all the time. Like these are constant answers. Like there's no, there's no time where whatever you're going through is not an answer to something. Answers. Umerachem. And he is, compa- and he's compassionate. When? Bechol es tzara v'tzuka. In all times of, of suffering, tzara is suffering, like Mitzrayim. Tsar means narrow, constriction. In all times of suffering, Vitsuka. Tsuka is worse. Tsuka is like bitter suffering. Right? Mitsuka. So uh, so he's the one he, by the way, he redeems, saves, gives livelihood, answers and is compassionate in every time of tsara vitsuka, in every time of suffering and or even worse. Even worse suffering, tsuka. Ain lanu melech, again, here it comes again. Ain lanu melech, there is no king who helps in all those situations. Vesoymech, and you can rely on him, meaning he's the only reliable being. Elata, rather than you, meaning there is no one else that um, that will help and that you can rely on other than him, other than God. Elata. Other than you. Now I could give a. I'm not going to go in deep right now on suffering, but there's. I just want to talk about the fact that, the. I mean, there's. I know a Jew would never think this way, but there there are Gentiles out there, and if you're a Gentile listening to this, you should get this: is that Gentiles just think. You know, a lot of Gentiles just think that when things are going bad, that God hates us or He's punishing us or. You know, he's, God is, everything that happens between us and God is an organic interaction. It's, it's feedback. It's feedback and it's, it's, it's love. It's ultimately love. As King David said, Your staff, Shiftacha is your stick, but a Shevet is also something you'd hit an animal with. Umishantacha is your cane. Mishan is also a stick, but you lean on it. It supports you. And this is the word somech. We just said that you can lean on. Somech. A stick is something you hit an animal with, meaning you, you get hit with it. And a mishan is something that you can lean on. Hema, they both comfort me. They both comfort me. Why? You would think like, what? I, I don't. How would you get comforted by a stick? How do you get comforted by a pandemic? How do you get comforted by losing all your money? And the answer is, is that, is that no feedback would be the worst torture. No interaction would be the worst torture. Shalom aleichem. No feedback would be the worst torture. 
but to have the interaction where sometimes things are going well and sometimes everything went to hell. They both comfort me. They're both, they're both, um, so that's what we're saying is only God really is who we have to hold us up. Here we go again. God is the, precedes and antecedes. He's before and he's after all reality. Whoa, is it after the hour? Did I go after an hour? Can someone tell me if it's after the hour? Yeah? Did I get a little carried away? Can someone nod there? Yeah, David, you're nodding? Hope you're not nodding nodding off. Okay, oh yeah. Oh, I can keep going a bit, so I'll just go with a couple more lines. Uh, I just got a note from the H Live group that uh, I can go another minute. So, Elokea Rishonim Vacharonim. Who are the Rishonim and who are, who are the Acharonim? The Rishonim are obviously the first people on the earth. Who are the, you know, the ones who had, you know, whether it's Abraham, whether it's Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Misushalach, you know, Adam, the Rishonim, the first ones. Vacharonim. You're the God of the first ones, and you're God of us too, the last ones. And um, and perhaps maybe that's to, there to tell us that you might have thought like you're not like one of these hotshots like Abraham or Sarah or Rebecca or something. You know, like like we're just kind of living off their fumes. But no, in fact, he, just like he was their God, he's your God. Yeah, he he was he was their God, fully engaged, just like we read in the. In Tanakh, but he's also our God at the end of days, fully engaged. Everything that's going on for you is happening with pure Hashkacha protest. Elokab Rios, he's the God of all. Rios uh, is um, uh, living creatures. Adon called Tolados, he's the master of all Tolados. Tolados means. It's very cool. Tolados are cause and effect. Because cause and effect make you start thinking, uh, oh, that, that was random. You know, it's a kuna matata. You know, it's like, you know, and by the way, if you guys want, I'll, I was going to do a class on Lion King. Because Lion King is all about, I don't know how Disney got away with that, but they basically completely pitted the circle of life of like believers against the, what the, what the Akuna matata millennial atheist called the line of life. Like, you're born, you die, you know, let's have a good time. Akuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days, you know. <laughs> and and of course Simba's this guy who's lost his way from his people. Simba the lion and realizes the only way he can deal with this pain is just to say it's all meaningless, like the weasel. <laughs> it's a pig and a weasel. And the weasel's like, it's all meaningless. Have a good time, you know. Millennials, random, everything's random, you know. There's no, nothing means nothing, and nothing in, affects anything. You can do whatever the hell you want, you know? And anyway, but Simba eventually comes back to the circle of life, in which cue the, the pig and the, and the, and the, uh, I forget the pig's name, Dumbo or Jumbo. What was the name of the pig in uh, Kumana? Pumba. What? Pumba. Pumba. And, uh, and what was the weasel's name? Kimmy. Kimmy? Kimmy. Kimmy. Simba? 
Simone. Anyway, uh, so Simba looks back and he's like, what about the line of life and the, the, the warthog, you know, which is Pumbaa goes, he moves his head. He goes, well, it's a little round. You know, he like, he, he comes around and like becomes a Balchuva. And then they go to fight evil. So, anyway. Um, Lion King's a good watch for this um, virus, by the way. Hey, there's my little Lion King. This is Simba. What's the name? Simba, come here. What's the name of the, the father, the king? Mufasa. Mufa- Mufasa. Yeah, I'm Mufasa. This is Simba. He's the next king. Ah, you're a great Simba. So, anyway, um, I bless him not to go fall into the Akuma Matata. Akuma, how do you say? Akuma Matata. world. So, Elokabrio is the the god of all living, of all the create creatures. Adon Koltolados. The, he's the master of all the cause and effects. Tolad, what does it mean? It's the noilad. It's things that give birth to things that give birth to things that give birth to things that give birth. Meaning everything you look at is the effect of a previous cause. Which is like the, that's like the, 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 the basis of all atheism is like everything's cause and effect. You know, there's no, you know. Now, of course, Judaism, does, Judaism doesn't deny there's cause and effect. But we believe that we believe in a first cause. That's what the Ram Khal said. That every Jew must know, every Jew must believe and know that there was a Matsui Rishon, a first cause. So he's the master of all the Tolados, of all the cause and effect. Meaning there ain't no cause and effect. He's the master of it. What does that mean he's the master of it? He's the master of meaning if this pen, if I drop this pen from here to here, yeah? goes from here to here. So when it gets down to here, you would say, well, that was cause and effect with gravity. You know, you let it go and then cause and effect, it falls. Judaism, he's the master of, of all cause and effect, which means this pen's been created here and that's being created here from nothing. Something from nothing. Here, something from nothing. Here, something from nothing. Here, something from nothing. He's just strobing it into existence so fast in the creation that it looks like cause and effect. But there is no cause and effect. Well, there is an apparent cause and effect, and that's and he's the master of all of that. And then we say Hamuhulal Beroiv Hatishbachois, and he is Muhulal praised Beroiv in the abundance of of uh, praise. And then we're going to finish with these lines because I'm about to pass out from. Uh, Wood stain. Haminaheg um, he, um, he guides. Minaheg is like Nahag drives. He he's he's guiding, driving the world with Chesed. What does that mean? What does it mean? He drives the world with Chesed. So Midas Chesed is is just a constant flow of giving. Like it never stops giving and giving, and giving, and giving. That's Midas Chesed. Okay. Meaning, uh, you know, if you dig by the seashore, make a little trough, the water will come in. And if you go further, it's going to come in there. And if you go further, it's going to come in there. That's chesed. It's just going to keep on coming. By the way, whenever we say chesed in prayer or Kabbalah, we're not talking about acts of chesed. We're not talking about, like, bringing cookies to the old lady who lives next door, which I don't suggest right now. So we're not talking about chesed like that. What it means here, it says, 
He's driving his world. He's driving his world with a constant flow of light, meaning the infinite light that he causes the world to exist. But what's the problem with that? The problem with that is that with a constant flow of with a constant flow of life, he may wind up giving where he should be, um, where he should be maybe holding back a bit, back to you know him being totally involved. Maybe he should be holding back a little bit, and so that's why the last line, the last words are, But for his creatures, he does a berachamim. Now you can learn the word rachamim that means mercy. But there's another definition of the word rachamim is, it's, it's justice, meaning it's the right amount of chesed. The, the right amount of chesed, meaning exactly what you need is what he's sending down. So the world, he drives his world, meaning the creation, that's bechesed. That's just the flow. But his creatures, berachamim. Like he may have a lion go hungry for a while until it finally finds its prey. He may have us all out of work for a while. And that's just like, that's what's just got to be right now. You know, that's, that's just where we're at. Now, um, they say there's no one filling the next slot. That's what I heard. Um, and I, the smell of varnish is too much for me in here. So um, let me just see if, uh, if my wife or someone else wants to give some over. You guys want to hear something from my rabbit center? I wish Yaeli were here. Yaeli, you can. Yaeli, if you turn on your mic, Yaeli, why don't you turn on your mic and share with us a couple words? Uh, but but you should know that the the Zoom is all connected to H dot com. So so you know you don't have to bring up politics or anything like that. Just something deep, something to do with the, the virus. Everyone hears you, and it could also have something to do with the virus. Yaeli, it could also have something to do with the virus. Um, thanks for cheering us up with your hat, by the way. Um, it could have something to do with the, the virus also. And I'll check with my wife if she'll say a few words. Okay? Guys, I'll be right back. Well, I wanted to hear, uh, maybe uh, before the class, Patty, Melody, Patty, 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 You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.